Welcome to the show, sports fans. This is the Treasure Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. That's right. Welcome in another edition of the Treasure Valley PrepCast on IdahoSports.com. Breaking down everything classes 5A all the way down to 1AD2 in District 3 each and every week. Brandon Maney is always joined by our District 3 expert, Logan Green. LG, what's shaking? Oh, Brandon, you know what? Just just, just living the life here. Just living life. So, so I, friendly. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I'm, I was going to say, I'm, I'm rocking my, my Melba shirt today. Um, with after their big win against Elko, you know, if your store, if your school has a store that opens, let me know. I would love to buy something from your school. Just, just let me know. Just let me know when it's open and I'll come support you guys. So just, just keep me posted, everybody. Logan loves uh, wearing the swag, wearing the merchandise. So, yes, uh, I know certain schools have their uh, apparel stores open for just limited amounts of time. So if you want to see Logan's Melba Mustang shirt, (laughs) uh, you can watch the video version of this uh, prep cast at the IdahoSports.com YouTube channel or Facebook page. Uh, You can also listen audio only at IdahoSports.com or wherever you download your podcasts. Um, let's let's dive right into it. We had a full week one of football action. Volleyball got started. Soccer, cross country, golf, swimming. It's all off and running. Um, the biggest story uh, from the Treasure Valley this past week, 10 days, is the football team over at Fruitland. They played a really entertaining ball game with Columbia on Friday night and lost in the final minute. We'll, we'll talk about that in just a second. But they 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 made a coaching change. Uh, now they had a, made a coaching change in the off season as well. Right. Ryan Tracy, the longtime head coach um, retired. They brought in Dane cook who a way, way, way long time ago, coached in Idaho. And then he had been coaching out of state. He came back, was leading the team through fall camp. And then all of a sudden uh, for their game Friday night, it was actually Jordan gross. Uh, one of the most heralded players, athletes um, in Idaho history, former yeah. NFL offensive lineman, with the Carolina Panthers, played college ball at Utah, and uh, he he had been an assistant coach um, the past couple of years, but he is now the head coach for Fruitland. So everyone was kind of going, uh, "What what happened here?" I thought Dane Cook was the head coach. So uh, this was something that we didn't really find out until Friday night when Coach Gross was. I mean, Fruitland people knew, but nobody else knew until Friday night when Coach Gross was leading the team against Columbia. Yeah, and, just kind of a crazy story. I mean. And different things float around that aren't correct and accurate. And I think Brandon, you have the the inside scoop, so to say, on on what happened, right? Yes. So before we hopped on the prep cast today, I wanted to kind of find out what was going on at Fruitland. So I reached out to uh, Mark uh, V Dub Van Weird Husen, the uh, athletic director at Fruitland. Uh, he's also the boys' basketball coach. And I said, Hey, um, we're getting a lot of questions about, you know, what's going on with the Fruitland football team and the coaching change that was made. And, you know, I just kind of want to nip it in the bud before these wild out of control rumors and conjecture and all this stuff takes off. And so uh, he he actually gave me a call right before we hopped on to to do the prep cast Logan. And, And he told me it's, it's nothing controversial. It's nothing bad. In fact, Dane cook, who was the head coach is still on the staff as the defensive coordinator he's just an assistant coach now he's still a teacher at fruitland high school so it's not like he left he's he's still there at fruitland basically what it came down to was 
being a head coach uh, is a lot of responsibility. When you're an assistant coach, you know, you go to practice and you coach the team. When you're the head coach, there's a lot of administrative stuff you're in charge of, right? You got to make sure everyone's got their uniforms and travel and and all that extra stuff that coach cook just, just didn't have the time for. And so they all got together and it was a mutual decision. Uh, Jordan gross says, "I've, I've got the time to, be able to do that head coach administrative type stuff. So they, they just made a switch. Jordan gross is now the head coach. Dane cook is still on staff as an assistant coach and the defensive coordinator. And that's really all there is to it. There's really nothing to see here, folks, as, as they like to say. Right. Um, so I know uh, Mark was very appreciative that we reached out. He told me that we were the only people that reached out to him to try and find out what was going on. And this is why we do it right. We want to make sure that, people get the facts and if there's nothing to see here then there's nothing to see here yeah yeah so you know like you said really just kind of a non-story just a a change in personnel it sounds like everything is intact which i think is great right so if those kids on the team went through you know fall camp with you know coach cook there it's not like he's gone forever and they can't lean on what they you know learn from him during the summer or workouts whatever it was he's still there and then now you, you throw in Jordan Gross, who has incredible experience. I mean, he played for the best team in the NFL, like hands down the best team in the NFL. I mean, it's not it's not that's not even a, a conjecture. It's truth that the Panthers are the best. I mean, you can think what you want, Brandon, but I'm here to tell you facts. I'm just kidding. But now, I mean, that you know, it's an exciting time, like, right, for, for our area. Now you've got a 2A school in Marsing that has an, an ex-NFL player as a coach. Now you have Jordan Gross as an ex-NFL player as a coach. We're getting some great football minds here in the Treasure Valley to coach these kids. And it's only going to make everybody get better, right? It's, it's going to improve football. It's going to, you know, they can bring in all the things that they've seen that high-level guys have done, Right. You know, Jordan Gross can come into his wide receiver and say, "Hey, look, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you this thing that that Steve Smith used to do." You know, it's just, it's just awesome. I think it's great, you know, that that he can offer those things, um, and that it, it sounds like Fruitland has found maybe the answer there, which is good for them. I know that there was obviously some issues um, in the past, and so hopefully those are are gone and behind them, and, and now Jordan Gross is here to reign in a new era. Yeah, it really does feel like a fresh start and kind of a clean slate for Fruitland. And Fruitland's always good. They're always competitive. Yeah. That that never went away. So <clears throat> just a little bit different leadership now. And so let, let's dive into the game they had on Friday night. They played Columbia 4A versus a 3A. This was actually a really, really good game. Back and forth uh, battle. Uh, Columbia gets the game-winning touchdown with like, you know, just over a minute, maybe just less than a minute to go. But it was like decided in the final minute and change. Um, Ika Ika Ho scores the game winning touchdown with less than a minute to go. And overall, Ho had a day on the ground, Logan. He uh, rushed for 236 yards and two touchdowns, including the game winner for the Wildcats, which has a new head coach as well in Charlie Dotson. So he starts 1 0 in Columbia. Yeah, that's a huge win for Columbia because that's not a bad Fruitland team, right? That's a Fruitland team that was probably going to the playoffs last year. Um, they were going to play in that. Kansas City playoff with Payette and McCall, and due to the, some things, they backed out of it. But they were a playoff team the year before. I mean, you know, Fruitland's a good team, and to beat them, I mean, that, I think that's honestly, I would read more into it from Columbia's side of things. It says uh, maybe Columbia is not as bad as we first thought, and you know, and and they're playing with Fruitland, 
And, and you know, incredible game by Ho on the ground with, what did you say? It was 232 yards, I believe, right? Something uh, like that. 236. Don't For anybody to do that, I don't care who you're playing. I mean, that's that's two trips up and down the field and almost half of another. Like That is an incredible performance to be able to do that, to stay up and, and great job by that offensive line from uh from Columbia as well to block for him and, and get that done. But yeah, just a great start for Columbia to get off one and oh. Yeah, it's an exciting win for the Wildcats. Um and for Fruitland, you know, they had no shame in dropping a 17 to 12 ball game to a 4A program. The other the other notable 3A game that happened, Logan, was actually a game that you were at on the call for uh at IdahoSports.com. Yeah. You were in Weezer as the defending 3A champions started their season with a shutout over Buell, a rematch of the first round playoff game from a year ago, and Weezer won that game 24 nothing. Yeah, and you know what? It it was it was only seven to zero at halftime in favor of Weezer. And here's the thing, Brandon, I, I just don't at least and all the Weezer people out there can correct me if I'm wrong. I just don't think they really played their hand like they could have. I, I just think that my thought was, you know what? It's Buell's a good squad, but we should be there. I just, I, I felt like Weezer could have run them out by more if they really, I, I think they were testing some things out, holding things, holding things close to the vest, right? You have an incredibly tough conference. You have Homedale who just blew out a California team. Just ran all over them. You have Fruitland, who is always in the mix. You have McCall Donnelly, who's been in the mix. And, and you know what? You don't want to show all your cards right here at the beginning. And that's just the kind of the vibe I got that they were trying to figure it out. They ran a couple of different running backs back there to try and figure out who, you know, who was going to step in, who was going to be here. The, you know, Willie Shirts is gone. Um, Brett Spencer's gone. Who's going to fill these shoes? And they they had an opportunity to kind of play around with it right and, and figure out what they wanted and what they it really never was in question they controlled the ball the defense phenomenal uh buell drove close once and it was at the end of the first half and they ran out of time they did they just didn't have time they got sacked on a play with about 15 seconds left and never snapped the ball again um and then that was it they never really got close to threatening ever uh the defense very good from weezer and so I, it's going to be tough to play on that defense. And then the offense, Andrew Enders took over at quarterback and he really didn't have to do a ton. They kept the ball on the ground. I didn't think they asked a lot of him in that game. And, you know, there, there were a couple of hiccups, some fumbles early on, but is week one, right? You know, you're going to get those things out of your system. And I, and I, I really liked what I saw from Weezer. Um, like I said, they played a pretty conservative game and still shut a team out 24 to zero. Um, uh and a good a good Buell team, a Buell yeah. team that got better. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that you know what, it just they looked really good. Weezer did, and I think that they're going to look better when they play different team. You know, when when they play a home deal, they're going to bust out more than we saw from them in that opening game. Yeah, for sure. Andrew Anders was the IdahoSports.com player of the game. Mm -hmm. Threw a touchdown, ran for a touchdown, and Homedale didn't have a game. Logan, so. uh they could have been at the Weezer game. They could have been somewhere else. Who knows? But th maybe yeah, that plays yeah, in. That's a good it. point, Brandon. <laughs> yeah. You never know, right? So uh, that's kind of what happened at the 3A level. Let, let's let's go to the 4A, where C Columbia started 1-0, which was uh, great to see from them. Um, you had, in terms of 4A games, I think 
the biggest one that jumped out to me was the Thursday night game at Donna Larson Park where Bishop Kelly just rolled past 5A Capital 41-7. to It was the first time the two schools had ever played. Um, and BK really flexed some serious muscle. Right. And it's crazy that those two have never played because they're not that far apart. But... <laughs> Right. Bishop, I, I know the only thing I can say is, is Bishop Kelly, the, um, did, you know, a lot of people like skyline, a lot of people like Pocatello, but I feel like Bishop Kelly, they used to be the top of that conversation every year, right? It used to be BK copy, paste, repeat, but they kind of, you know, I think the rise of Middleton and the rise of Emmett and the four a SIC kind of diluted the Bishop Kelly a little bit, um, that they, you know, they had to, they had to go into slug fests every week in the four ASIC more than usual. And, um, but now look out like that's a, a huge win by them to win by that much. I mean, Bora didn't beat them that much. And, you know, if you want to do the transitive property thing, right. The well, Bora only beat them 21 to zero, but it, look what they did. I mean, you just can't take away from it. Like, and Bora, a very good five, a team that people are high on, this Bishop Kelly squad, I think, has taken a step forward that that has not been there the last couple of years. Definitely. Hadley Smith, uh, returning quarterback for BK, 9 of 15, 204 yards, three touchdowns, rushed for a fourth touchdown as well. And, yeah, for BK, they, they're still seen as the, the giant 800-pound gorilla in 4A football. But as uh, Lucas Gebhardt, who wrote the uh, season preview for Bishop Kelly on IdahoSports.com, which, by the way, you can still go look at every team preview for every team around the state. He pointed out that it's actually been a, a while since BK, you know, got to a championship, won a championship. They've been bounced in, in the quarterfinals each of the past two years. Yeah, and I think they, I can't remember, that they lost a century one year, I believe. Yeah, two years ago they lost a century, and then last year they lost to Pocatello. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's been a while. Like they, they played in a state championship three or four or five years ago against Hillcrest. And I think that was the last time I think Hillcrest ended up winning that game. If I'm not mistaken. Yes. And I think that was the last time that they've, they've made it that far. So it, it has been a while. I think people always think, Oh, Bishop Kelly wins it every year, but they kind of haven't lately. It hasn't been Bishop Kelly's foray. Like it might've been seven, eight years ago. Definitely. And you mentioned it, the team, the team now that is most poised to unseat Bishop Kelly again for the second year in a row is Emmett. Uh, this was another contest we had on IdahoSports.com Friday night. Emmett was hosting Blackfoot in a pretty entertaining for a ball game. Blackfoot gets the win 49 to 32. Um, and so for Emmett, the, the question was, well, they lost all of their offensive playmakers, right? Caden Young, uh, multiple time for a SIC player of the year is gone. You know, are they going to be able to replace that production? I mean, 32 points says, yeah, they're still going to be pretty good on offense. 49 points allowed even to a good Blackfoot offense though is too much. Yeah. Yeah. You just, you can't win a lot of games if you've got to score more than 49 points, right. To, to beat them. And Blackfoot's offense is a juggernaut. I don't know, but outside of Bishop Kelly, if they're going to see an offense like that in the four a SIC this year, especially from that Blackfoot gets it done in the air. Blackfoot, you know, that's what they want to throw the ball. I think King had like five, six touchdowns or something like that all through the air um, for Blackfoot. So, you know, it's different. And, you know, Blackfoot's a good team. And so I don't think there's anything to be disappointed about, but I think there's definitely lessons to be learned and and, and to figure out where what we can do to improve. 
And I think at the end of the day, we learned that Emmett's going to be okay. I think that they were just kind of, you didn't really hear much about him, right? The, this off season. And I don't know if they wanted that. I think they kind of like that. The, well, we don't know quite what we are yet. We're going to find out. And then um, I, I think they're going to be okay. And again, we've hit on this a hundred times that, you know, 16 teams are vying for 24 spots and, so the, a lot of teams are going to make it. I think Emmett's going to be okay. I think you're going to see him in the postseason. Um, I think that defense will come together and uh, as the season goes along. But, and I tell you, um, I I was impressed. I thought that Emmett looked that that they looked good and that they'll be okay this season. I guess as the at the end of the day, I think losing all that productivity will not harm them dramatically. Right. And Blackfoot's kind of the opposite where they return almost all of their <clears throat> skill guys from yeah. a year ago. So it's kind of a, a tough week one opponent to be sure. Um, let's talk about Skyview is kind of the other team that everybody keeps circling as is a team that could unseat Emmett or BK. But, you know, the Hawks are now 0-2 Logan. They lost to Elko in pretty big fashion last week. And we'll talk about Elko coming up. And then yeah. this week they they played uh, CUNA, another game on IdahoSports.com. Got into a shootout with the cavemen and lost 48 to 35. And I, you know, I think this says more about CUNA than it does Skyview. I think CUNA is going to be going to be decent this year. I know but- CUNA did great last week, they win again. And I think, it, I think we are seeing that the 5A SIC is not what people thought at the beginning. And I'm going to stick with it. I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll get to it as we talk about other games, but I think CUNA is going to be in the thick of it. I mean, they're not Rocky Mountain, they're not Mountain View. They're not um, Meridian. I think those three are on a different level. I think those three are by and far the best, but the middle of the pack is still really good, and CUNA is in that mix. They're not at the bottom. They are squarely in the mix. Uh, the way they can throw the ball, they're going to be. They are going to be in games when they can go deep like they can. Yeah, Cole Lukanga, I think, is uh, one of the most underrated players in the state. He's the CUNA quarterback. He might he might be the best quarterback in the SIC. I don't I can't say yeah. that for sure. I don't you know I I don't study the tape and watch all thirteen quarterbacks, but I know he's really good. Lukanga yeah. completed thirteen of seventeen for three hundred forty nine yards and three touchdowns, and that went over Skyview. What is that? Thirteen passes for three hundred yards. I tell you, they're gonna go deep. Like they go deep and they, it works. And I, I think Tegan Sweeney at Rocky Mountain is really good too. But those two right there, yeah, it's t- like between the two of them, who's the best? I don't know. They'll flip a coin. It'd be fun to see those two in a shootout game. <laughs> yes. And, and on the other side, right, Max Cutforth for Skyview was uh, pretty well lauded for his quarterback play as well. Um, and again, for the Hawks, they've given up 40 plus points two weeks in a row got to get that defense tightened up a little bit yeah. let's let's stay in the 5a sic where it was really kind of like a 4a sic game middleton was playing nampa and uh just like every other classic middleton sic game from the past couple of years it was no. tight it was high scoring middleton wins 36 to 34 nampa scores with you know, just over, you know, two minutes, two play, minutes two, to go, right? Yeah, yeah, 218 on the clock. Daniel Carrillo scores on an 11 yard run. Nampa's got to go for two to try and force the tie. Can't get it from there. Middleton runs out the clock 36 Just another classic Middleton Nampa game, right? No, and those two don't play blowouts. They it will come down to the last minute between those two every time. It just does. And I don't know what, what it is about Middleton that attracts these close games. I mean, they got beat pretty good by Rocky mountain, but they just always seem to, 
to just it's never going to be not dramatic when it comes to a, a finish for Middleton. And that one right there was, and you know what I think was impressive to see is it was Decker Hagler, the new quarterback. I thought he really struggled in that game against Rocky mountain. Again, Rocky mountains defense, phenomenal. We saw what they did. And we talk about that to Coeur Lane this week, they shut them down too. So I think you look at Middleton and say, you know what? Maybe we're, maybe we're okay. Like we we were on par with the Coeur Lane, so to say, with transitive property. But Decker Hagler threw for 262 yards in this game and four touchdowns. So maybe Middleton's passing. Maybe it was more. We learned more in week two. So maybe we say maybe that was more. Rocky Mountain's defense was just that good than it was. Middleton's offense wasn't because they come out and they score a lot of points this week. And so I think. Brandon, I, I look at the five ASIC standings, right? I, I look at the teams. Um, I look at the conference standings, right? They're they're broken up into two divisions, um, the Foothills and the River. And I, I just don't see a world where Middleton doesn't finish third, to be honest, right now. I'm, I'm going to say it. Like, I, they got picked last, but I think they're better than Timberline. I think they're better than Centennial, and I think – I think they're better than capital right now from what we've seen from what we've seen from those three teams to start off the year. I think Middleton has shown me more than those three. And you know what? A third place finish really puts you square in the middle of playoff conversation um, for their first year. That's just my point of view with it. Uh, Same thing with CUNA. I think they're going to be knocking on the door around that third right now. They said that I feel like that side of it is a, is tougher this year from what we've seen that, um, that river division, right? They have Boise, Bora, Cuna, Hawaii, Eagle, Mountain View. Um, I, I just think it's, it, it's more, I guess I say tougher. I guess I mean like more up in the air, right? I think that any of these teams, there's a lot of teams in that division that could make a run for it. And the other side, I think it's the top two and then Middleton and the rest. I don't know. Yeah, there's a hierarchy for sure right now of a top three of Rocky Mountain, Meridian, Mountain View. I think that's pretty clear. Meridian beats Mountain View 13 to 7 Friday night. Um, all the scoring was done pretty much in the first half, and then it was uh, just a you know slug fest the rest of the way. Rocky Mountain gets a non-conference win over Coeur d'Alene, twenty-three to seven, so they're two and zero. Oh. And so the thing is with these two divisions, you know, it's certainly looking like Rocky Mountain Mountain View again in the SIC championship game. Although, you know, Meridian may be the second best team, but they're in the same division as Rocky Mountain. You know, when they set these up, yeah. Um, I think subconsciously everybody said, well, Rocky Mountain and Mountain View have been the two big dogs since Let's they opened. Two. <laughs> yes, since they both opened. Because they're schools, right? They haven't yeah. been open that long compared to some of the others. And I think that's what they did. But I think we're seeing now that, you know, maybe uh, Meridian is really uh, the second. I think, I think Meridian has taken the torch right now from Mountain View. I mean, they, they beat them last year in the playoffs and they beat them to start this year. I think that torch has passed, right? I think it's Meridian is that I think it, it's Rocky Mountain and Meridian. It used to be Rocky Mountain Mountain View, and I think it's Rocky Mountain Meridian. And those two play in October, um, October 7th, which I think is probably the de facto conference championship game. Um, it's just gonna it's just gonna come in the regular season. It's not gonna come in the actual championship game. So and and it, it it makes a difference because the two teams that play in the SIC championship game automatically get buys into the quarterfinal round. So last year that was Mountain View and, and Rocky, whereas Meridian had to play an extra game 
and that could very well happen again this year. Yeah, um, I mean, you look at the other side. I mean, Mountain View loses that game, but it's not like they got run out of the building, right? It's thirteen to right. seven. It's a one play game essentially, and so I think you're going to see Mountain View come out on top there in that conference. I mean, I don't know though. Like the way Hawaii's been playing, you just the way that they've done their all all their other sports, you just never know about them either. <laughs> you know, the way uh, basketball and baseball did a heck girls softball team, you just you just never know about them as well. Can they? pop out of nowhere and and make a run at it we'll, we'll see when they get deeper into play too but i i think you're going to see mountain view come out on top there again but i think clearly that that mountain that that meridian it's meridian and rocky and we don't know who's one and two until those two play that that's what i'm going to say that i think those two are one and one until somebody beats the other it's yep. th- from the way it looks so Let's let's take a peek real quick at the 5A, 4A, 3A schedule for this weekend and and highlight some of the intriguing matchups. Um, I think right away what stands out to me is um, Fruitland, who we talked about, 0-1, dropping that tight game against Emmett, 0-1. And, and so this is a pair of 0-1 teams, and, and Fruitland is punching up again, right? They're playing a 4A opponent for the second week in a row. It'll be interesting to see how they do there. We talked about CUNA. They're 2-0. We'll find out how legit they are. They travel to Eagle to play Eagle on Friday night. That's going to be uh, an interesting battle. You've got a Thursday night game. Columbia is going to go all the way up to, to Rathdrum to play Lakeland, all the way up in North Idaho for a Thursday night game. Lakeland's 2-0. Columbia is 1-0. You've got a battle of 2-0 teams that I don't think people expected to be 2-0. Awaihi and Boise, those two played in kind of the uh, bottom of the standings. The last place game last year, and now they're both 2-0. <laughs> right. I didn't want to say last. I was trying to find a nicer way to say last place game. But they were they were both at the bottom of their respective yeah. divisions. Um, Valley View lost a shootout with Twin Falls last week. They're going to go back into district four this week they're going to play burley that's a game on idahosports.com this friday night valley view at burley you'll get a chance to see the falcons for the first time this year capital just got their socks knocked off by bishop kelly they now have to turn around and travel up to lewiston to play a Bengals team that's favored to win the inland empire league up north but they're all in one they lost in the rocky mountain rumble so that's going to be an interesting battle as well and then you've and got you can can you watch that one's on Idaho sports? I believe that correct. So capital fans, that game is on Idaho sports. That's up in Lewiston. So check it out. Correct. You also have Timberline fans. will be able to watch the wolves this week on IdahoSports.com. They're traveling all the way up to post falls uh, to play Friday night against uh, the Trojans. It's an 0 two Timberline team against an 0 one post falls team. So that game will kick off at friendly reminder, eight o'clock mountain time, seven o'clock Pacific time for all those Wolves fans. So if you tune in at seven and you're like, where's the game at? You're, you're an hour early. It's actually going to be eight o'clock in. in in mountain time. Um, but that's going to be an interesting battle for sure. Timberline at post falls. Um, you've got Middleton taking on Skyview. You know, the Hawks are staring down the barrel of an Owen three start to the year. And then um, you've also got Homedale in a pretty interesting matchup. I think the, the Homedale Trojans uh, will host Gooding. Gooding is one of the favorites from District 4. They're 1-0. Homedale is 1-0, and that should be a fantastic matchup as well. Yeah, I mean, Gooding, I think a lot, of, and this is where I was probably wrong about Gooding, um, that I thought, you know, with Coach Anderson gone, I thought that was a big piece missing from them, and and then they come out and they just beat the brakes off of Jerome, right? They they really stick it to them, and, and so now I, I – 
at least me, I'll eat crow on that one and say, oh, maybe, maybe Gooding is, they're still Gooding, right? They didn't, a lot of the pieces stay the same, right? And those kids that have grew up in that program and, um, you know, so Gooding, another great field where they park around the field there. And, and those kids have been sitting on the sidelines since they were little, um, ready for their chance to play there. And, and, you know, there, that is a sneakily great game, um, right there. That Homedale Gooding game should be, I think it will learn a lot about both teams out of that game than what we've seen from them, you know, from their earlier games that they won handily. I think this will tell us where each team sits in the three, a hierarchy. Definitely. Let's let's drop down to two-way football and talk about Marcin going on the road to Orofino to play the Maniacs. First game for Shea McClellan as the head coach of his alma mater. And Marcin delivers a, a pretty dominant 35 to 12 victory. One of the one of the four horsemen of Hawaii County. Uh, that's what Coach McClellan has kind of dubbed the four main <laughs> skill players for the Huskies this year. The the four horsemen of Hawaii County. Uh Jordan Blass at quarterback ran for two touchdowns. He also threw um, two touchdown passes to Luke Steinmeier and Mason Enixon. Those are also members of the four horsemen. So how about Marcy? 35 to 12 against an Orofino team that admittedly is down, but still one and no start to the year. It's is a win, it? right? I mean, you yeah. got to start somewhere. You beat who's on your schedule. You're one and oh um, confidence, right? You come out, you won a game on the road to start the season. Say, so, you know what? We, we can do this. You know, we, we can beat some teams. Um, so it's a great start. It's a great start. We hope that it continues on for them, right? We hope that that they continue to grow from that, and they just play in a brutal conference. And I don't know if there's any, and then that's just the tough thing that you have Cole Valley Christian who is extremely good. You have Nampa Christian who won the league last year. You know, you have New Plymouth who's always in the mix, and then there's Melba who, of course, so if we talk about Melba for a little bit, right, they played Elko, and they beat them, and and they took care of business. And that's an Elko team that just ran a 4A school out of the building. Again, transitive property. If so-and-so beat so-and-so. I saw it one year um, for, for college football. I think you could trace back ISU beating Alabama because – so-and-so beat so-and-so that beat so-and-so that beat so-and-so, and you could trace it back, and, and they were like, Bengals, national champs. So, you know, obviously you can't – that doesn't really work. But if we do look at it for face value, right, Melba looking pretty good, and and they have a big matchup this week, I think, that is it is huge in the two-way standings, as a lot of people don't think maybe Westside a little bit lower than where they have been. Of course, they, they beat Firth handily again. Um, but a big chance for Melba to make a statement against North Fremont this week. Yes. So Melba defeats Elko 38 to 26 after um, Elko had boat raced for a Skyview, as you alluded to. Uh, Gabe Schaefer rushed for 134 yards and two touchdowns for Melba. And it, it might be a fast game on Saturday. Melba at North Fremont, two teams that love to run the rock, uh, could be over under two hours for the total game time. Um, and in terms of a battle, you you mentioned it. It's going to be a great one, and it's going to be uh, live and totally free to watch on IdahoSports.com. What a battle yeah. that's going to be. Mustang fans, if you can't make the trip all the way to Ashton, you can tune in on IdahoSports.com on Saturday as they take on North Fremont. Yeah, great broadcast crew for that game, too, with Lauren over there covering. I mean, it's going to be good. Like it, it's, it's a Saturday afternoon. And you don't have to make the drive. I know it's it's a long drive. There's there's not many further places you can get. If you don't go, if you go east, 
North Fremont is a, is about it over there, unless you're going down to Bear Lake. Um, so, you know, just, you know, if you don't want to make the drive, it, it, it will be right here live on IdahoSports.com. So just be sure to check that out, Melba fans. Definitely. Uh, Napa Christian played Declo, a pretty solid, always competitive Declo team. They lost 36 to 7. And New Plymouth got a shootout win over a Payette team that made the playoffs last year in 3A, 41 to 38. I think the Pilgrims are going to be kind of back to, well, I mean, it's not like they weren't weren't good last year they went five and three and missed out on the playoffs because the stupid yeah. max preps um i think i think new plymouth is going to be a, a factor in this in this conference uh once again as well yeah so. i should have i drove right past it as they were playing on friday coming back from weezer their game was still going on i should have just pulled over because you can see it right from the road right off 95 you could watch a game um but it looked i mean it was nice crowd there at payette um looked like new plymouth had brought a lot of people and um I mean, from the briefness I saw out there, it looked like a great a great time for both of those two teams. So, yeah, like you said, hopefully you see. I mean, I think it's encouraging to see both teams put up as many points as they did. Right, that maybe Payette a little bit better um, than they have been. You know, they they've been slowly inching better since that year where they they scrapped football a couple of years ago. Um, just just slowly getting back up and and competing with a new Plymouth team that, like you said. I expect to see a little bit more out of them. And and the whole conference overall, I think playing these tough out-of-conference games that you're seeing will bolster those max preps rankings when the time comes. Definitely. And then for the for the eight-man, the 1As, uh, Notice played Kendrick in the eight-man classic, and the Tigers are the defending 1A D2 champs. Um, they shut out Notice 36 to nothing. You know, I thought only allowing 36 points to a pretty explosive Kendrick offense was actually a good win for Notice, uh, even though they didn't win the game. And then Horseshoe Bend and Council are kind of the, the co-favorites at the 1A D2 level. They both got... Uh, nice wins to start off their campaign as well for horseshoe bend. It was a conference game over cascade. They won 66 to 14. Um, and then you had council go beat Logos, a one, a one, a D one school 40 to 14. And even tri Valley got a 52 to 18 win over Idaho city. So that was the one Brandon that surprised me. I thought I, Idaho city has been like kind of middle of the road the last couple of years. And, and tri Valley had, again, I'm not, we're not bad mouthing. They just been down, right? Tri Valley had not been where they had been in the past, but to do that, I think a lot of people go, Whoa, okay. Um, so Tri Valley, you're here now. <laughs> um, well, that's a heck of a win. And so look out for them. Now, have they moved into that mix? And, you know, we're, we're going to see a nice D one versus D two matchup this week. Uh, notice and council will play each other. And I think that's a, that's a good, um, gauge right to see where both of those two teams are and a lot of people like this council squad i think that is they're high on council right now and that you know if council can stick with notice and even beat them i think that they join i think d2 is more open than it's ever been carrie's gone water springs is gone i know Ken, kendrick is there right and i think Ken, but the team that gets to play kendrick will not be Cary or Water Springs, like it seems like it's always been. That has been one of those, it's been two of those three. And so somebody new will step in and get beat by Kendrick in the state championship. I'm just kidding. Um, but, uh, you know, could it be council? Why not? And and we'll see, you know, where they stand, right? They're going to get a direct chance to see, right? Because Kendrick just beat Notice. And so if they can see how they do against Notice, they might have a gauge of 
how do we look against Kendrick without actually playing Kendrick, right? We can see against a common opponent where we stand against them. Definitely. And Tri-Valley will get a similar opportunity. They're going to go <clears> up to Nez Perce and play Lewis County. Lewis County is in the same conference as Kendrick, so they can use that as kind of a, a measuring stick. Both of those teams are 1-0. and You've got Horseshoe Bend playing Idaho City, so Wildcats in danger of dropping to 0-2. And then Garden Valley will make their season debut as they take on a Rimrock team that, that lost pretty big to Dietrich last week. So that's kind of what's on the schedule for the 1As in football this week. Uh, let's talk volleyball, uh, Logan. The CUNA Classic was held this past Saturday at CUNA. It's the first uh, in-state, well, uh, one of a couple, you know, New Plymouth also had the New Plymouth um, Invitational as well. So a couple of early season volleyball tournaments, a new wrinkle this year, um, regular season tournament matches won't count towards the standings, won't count towards Max Prep's rankings or anything like that. So we're not we're not putting those results on our site and they shouldn't be put on max preps. You know, that's going to be a stickier situation. I feel like, but, um, See how so you can kind of just, when everybody's got them all in there and they don't count. Right. Uh, so it's going to be, uh, these, these weekend tournaments are going to be, be more of, you know, <clears throat> let's get some good competition and see how we stack up. And so, uh, a couple of big takeaways. I thought New Plymouth did pretty well at their own tournament. Uh, Filer did end up winning that uh, tournament, though. And then at the CUNA Classic, you had 5A schools like Boise and CUNA there, and you had 1AD2 Council there competing as well. Council knocks off the hosts from CUNA. That's a 1AD2 beating a 5A. Yep. And then they they got to the 5A, uh, well, they got to the semifinals of the gold bracket and lost to another 5A school in Post Falls. But a pretty good weekend for the Lumberjacks and Coach Paula Tucker. You know what? You'll you'll take it. Maybe those games don't count right on the on the schedule, but they count in all the, you know, come out with the with the meet with the with the polls, right? I I think that that reflects in the in the in the eyes of coaches, right? In that wow, they went in there and and took care of business a bit against some big schools. So, may I tell you what? I mean, it's been Council Horseshoe Bend, you know, that it's the same conversation we had last year, right? That it was those two and doesn't look any different this year. Well, and then they play Horseshoe Bend on Monday night and get swept three nothing. So the Mustang, I mean, Horseshoe Bend and Council uh, could could probably you know win. So they compete, and that's what's crazy, Brandon. Like yeah. right, so if, if Council beats five A schools and then they get swept by Horseshoe Bend, throw Horseshoe Bend in the five A SIC and let's see where they stick. Right? I mean, I think they'd be right in the middle of it. I think it would be. I would love to see that. I want to see them play. Timberline, Bora, Capital. Let's let's make it happen. That would be awesome. Yeah, for sure. That would be a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, that we'll we'll continue to keep an eye on volleyball and, and what's going on there. Skyview went and played at a tournament in Utah <clears throat> and dropped a couple of matches, but you again has like a three week head start on Idaho. So right. you know, not too shocking that Skyview dropped a couple of matches there. Uh, let, let's talk cross country before we duck out. The first weekend of cross country action was this past weekend and. And now uh, we're, we're gearing up for one of the signature early season events. It's in East Idaho. It's the Cardinal Classic, and it's held at Soda Springs. Uh, IdahoSports.com is actually going to be broadcasting the varsity races, boys and girls, on Saturday. And there are a couple of teams from District 3 that are going over to, to compete. Um, most notably, I would say, are at the 5A level, Centennial and Mountain View both will be uh, traveling over to compete. So that'll be a good opportunity for them to, to run uh, in, a, in a different terrain, different, 
different elevation. Yeah. Yeah. Just, uh, you know, go at Soda Springs a little bit higher over there. And uh, so a good chance just for the, I mean, only two schools going, but I think next week, do we have more going up? There's also another we're doing not only this cross country race this week, but we'll have another one next week as well. That one's a tiger Grizz. And I think you'll see a lot more teams go over for that one next week. And we can hit on that next week, but uh, you know, a good chance to compete against those East Idaho schools that, that have been very successful in cross country over the last couple of years. Definitely. So uh, again, that coverage will be on Saturday on IdahoSports.com. All right. Well, speaking of uh, running, we got to run out the door. I've got uh, I've got more podcasts to record, <laughs> Logan. So I, <laughs> we'll we'll end it there. But a good conversation, um, and we'll be back to break everything down again for you next week. Uh, again, as a reminder, if you want to see what broadcasts we'll be delivering to you, football, cross country, whatever it is, you can go to the game streams tab on the homepage at IdahoSports.com and see the entire broadcast schedule there uh thanks for tuning into the treasure valley prep cast for logan green i'm brandon bainey we'll see you next time on idaho sports